Hello, one and all, and welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I am joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing tonight, Dave? I'm tired. You're tired? Yeah. Has been a heck of a weekend. That's strong language for Jake. Yeah. Sorry. I'll, 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 I'll cut that line. Don't worry about that. I'm not going to leave that one in. But today, we're going to talk about a game we both played very recently, although it did not come out very recently, Limbo. And many of you may have heard of this. This was... Uh, a 2010 release by Play Dead, and uh, I had played this in the past. Uh, I know you didn't. You didn't play it, Dave. You played uh, one of the more recent games before Inside, right? Yep, that's correct. Um, but uh, I, I played Inside, having played this one, so it kind of changed the way I came at the game. Uh, going into this, uh, what what were your expectations of the game, uh, having already played Inside? Inside being a I mean, I really like their art style as far as the studio goes for the games they've made. Mm -hmm. But I was expecting it since it was the first iteration to just be a worse version of Inside. (laughs) Where, I mean, they hadn't quite found their voice or before they actually got budget. Right. So I expect it to be a little more simplistic, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I was not disappointed, per se. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't have uh, much in the way of complicated mechanics. It is a 2D side-scroller puzzle kind of exploration type game but it's all linear and where they you you can tell they're both made by the same company there are kinds of games where they incorporate some more mechanics into each puzzle and expect you to kind of intuitively figure some things out Um, and sometimes that leads to puzzles where you'll be stuck on it for like quite a while until you find that one simple solution that just was the key all along yeah i hate to say it because i consider myself decent at puzzle games by no means great because there are some games I've not gone back to and just said fuck it but there were some times where I was like oh let me do this puzzle and I have a vague idea of what to do and I'd be like a millisecond off in my timing for something mm-hmm. and I would do the same thing about seven times and be like we'll, we'll get it eventually yeah I, I can't deny that we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later um, so before we go too far into this uh, this is a complete spoiler episode uh if you have any interest in the story, however much of it is there, we are going to give our interpretations, if they exist, of what this game means. And so, no holds barred this time. Uh, if you play it, you'll have to play it for the gameplay after listening to this. And we'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Please leave um, your thoughts on the game and the meaning behind it in the comments below. Thank you. Yes, or just say them aloud. We're listening. <laughs> But uh, to start this off here, um, the art style of Limbo is probably the most iconic part about it. Um, Just looking at the art uh, for the title screen, the cover, anything like that, you know exactly that this is essentially a black and white game. Um, There's, I I wouldn't even say essentially. It is. It it is is a black and white game. It is a black and white game. At its essence, it is. Yeah. And also all throughout, (laughs) a black and white game. Right out the gate. Uh, the the world is very dreary, right? Like, it's... I mean, if you only have two colors, it's <laughs> right. I mean, you could be sharp with two colors, though, right? Yeah, it is very blurred, very hazy. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, I would agree. It's there's kind of this um, uh, depth of field, kind of on the edges of the screen, so everything appears a little bit out of focus if you're not looking at your character. It's not it's not very serious, but. Um, the world is not well defined in that aspect. Like you yeah. said, it's blurry or hazy. And to just start off, there's no tutorial. There's nothing like that. 
It's just the game starts and you have to figure out uh, essentially the controls. But yeah. It's not too hard. But in that regard, it's sort of like Mario where you just you drop somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you know, typically for any platformer, you go from left to right. Right. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. There is Which, an achievement if you go the other way. <laughs> I did get that achievement. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've played enough games where it's instinct to check certain niche corners. Be like, There's probably something here. I would put something here. Right. Um, so at its core, there's there's not a whole lot provided. There's literally nothing provided for you for the story, right? Like Yeah, there's no dialogue between you and the other people or things you encounter in the world nothing's friendly really this is true <laughs> yeah there's a few things that don't try to kill you but those are far and few between yeah uh, almost everything is a death trap mm-hmm. yeah it's true there's um kind of starting off uh it, you just walk along right but it's not long before you start to encounter uh, obstacles or things in your path um the the, the most interesting i think of that was the uh, the spider oh yeah the game um, you could talk about the spider if you want. Explain what he does. Or it I, does. I don't like spiders, so yeah, it, it was something I had to get over just a little bit. And it wasn't like a well-defined spider, which is helps. It, it is uncomfortable. It is a hundred percent uncomfortable because the game forces you to interact with it. Basically, you're walking to a point. You see all these what seem like legs coming out from behind a tree, mm-hmm. which is made me skeptical because trees don't typically have legs. Not usually, except for those ones in Africa. Right. But you also see <laughs> Q-Toto. <laughs> you do see a bear trap in the tree above. Like, maybe I can use that. Yeah. So you walk up to the spider, it kind of extends its legs and tries to stomp on you while still remaining in its position. It's really and more of a stab, to be fair. <laughs> Everything it does is stab. <laughs> a stab, a stomp. Yeah. Blunt weapon versus piercing, I don't know. Yeah. But eventually the bear trap does get knocked down, and mm-hmm. then you can essentially relocate it. So when it does stab its leg down, yeah, it'll hit the bear trap instead of you because it's not, it's not trying that hard. It's just like can can I get can I go? Yeah. And then you destroy a couple legs. He's like, hey, fuck this, and leaves. Yeah. And then Crawls you can up. just go past the spider. And the spider's kind of like a reoccurring uh, antagonist. Honestly, it's basically the only true antagonist in the game. There's other things that are kind of in your way, but because the spider uh, recurs, it's the closest thing to the antagonist that the game has. Yeah, I was not expecting it more than once. So I was like, hey, got him. Got that spider puzzle. <laughs> yeah, and then he comes back later with, I think, three less legs because they removed three or four. Mm-hmm. And he starts chasing you, and you have to just path correctly and go from point A to point B without getting stabbed. Yeah. And it's a it's a full uh, escape sequence. Like, um, if at any point you kind of slow down or you you lag behind a little bit, it'll kind of like position its leg like it's preparing to stab you. And if you don't move, it actually does stab you. Which is a good point, good time to um, mention. This game is, even though it's just black and white, it is actually quite violent. Um, every time you die in the game, it uh, usually has a re- reload point uh, not long before. But the deaths can be very gruesome. If you die in a bear trap, it can chop your head off. You can be impaled by a spider. There's, uh, You can't swim, so anytime there's water and you jump in deep water, if you land in deep water, you're going to drown. Um, Which is like, you know, two feet high because this kid is very small. Yeah, he's, he's like a young kid. He's probably like seven, eight, something like that. 
But yeah, the deaths are very pronounced. Mm -hmm. Like every time you die, I think it lasts for about, I'd say like a good seven seconds, where three of it is death animation, and the four is it slowly fading to black saying, hey, you fucked up. Yeah. And sometimes you can use that to gather some more information about a puzzle or what you could have done differently. Uh, you can reload faster if you just uh, tap the jump button, um, but that becomes available after like two seconds. Hmm. Um, so I'll keep that in mind if I ever speed run it. Yes, yeah, it's good to know. Uh, in some situations, the game, you might be in a spot where you're trying to get timing exactly correct. So I died a lot in my playthrough again. Um, I didn't remember all the puzzles. So I needed to reload as quick as possible in those in those cases. But yeah, the spider continues to chase you. And uh, the the game's pretty brutal in how you and the spider deal with each other, right? Where it constantly kills you and you run like a little bitch. Yes, yeah, mostly that. Um, but uh, it does finally kind of reach a, a crescendo where you turn the, ta the tables on the spider a bit, right? Yeah. Um, specifically, I think he's down to one leg at this point. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of crawling after you in a very... Who's the hand from the Adams family? Oh, I don't actually remember. I don't know the name. But it's a very comical thing. We're just kind of like moving one finger if you imagine it across. Mm -hmm. I think so, you drop a boulder on it first. That's what gets its leg. The second time. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I got it for real this time. Again, mm -hmm. I was wrong. But you go up and just like Delfino Plaza, you you pull the leg off it as yeah. it there's like some, rides in agony. Yeah, there's some like separating tendons, sort of. It's pretty gruesome. Um, but then you have a spider leg, so you can add that to your inventory. Use it for puzzles later. No, it's gigantic. This thing's huge compared Use it to, to you. It's. I don't know if we had, uh, indicated correctly. This is a giant spider. Things like you know, twenty feet tall essentially yeah. compared to you it's it's crazy and for the record you don't actually have items in the game so you yes. cannot pull vault <laughs> no it's not part of the puzzle mechanics cannot use the leg um but then the very next section is there's a uh, a gap in the ground with some spikes in it that you can't clear and now that you've like ripped its leg off you go back and you push the torso of the spider into this pit so you can jump across it and the there's this there's actually this humming in the background the buzzing when the spider is near that grows louder when it grows closer to you i was trying to pay oh, more yeah. attention to the audio cues this yeah. thing yeah and um until you actually push the torso onto the spikes and it just kind of bleeds out and dies uh the humming continues so it's not dead until the very end and then it stops and it doesn't come back in the game hmm. yeah um, there was a small part of me that was worried that would try and just bite me with his little little yeah. teeth or something yeah yeah no it's it's pretty it's there to make you uncomfortable because you have to uh, even to the very end where you're like grabbing the leg to like pull it off finally and finish the spider off uh if you like mistime that uh, it will stab you it can kill you with one leg left like there's no end of ways to die in this game it's again i'll keep saying surprisingly unforgiving for things mm -hmm. now part of that is you learn as you go mm -hmm. maybe certain traps like oh i didn't realize that was there uh, maybe I need to go left before I go right type thing. But then there are other times where it seems it was more the game being or handling a little bit clumsy yeah, versus me fucking up, which I'll admit I did a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's more. I, I think it's fair to say that there's uh, the game relies on the fact that you can reload so quickly to account for some otherwise, otherwise it would be unfair deaths. Yeah. There's several... just never fun in any game. 
yeah, there's some portions where there's really no expectation that you would be able to get it the first pass, and you kind of have to come back. Like, for instance, you're rolling down a hill or, like, sliding down a hill and you have to make a jump at the end. Yeah. Maybe, like, activate a switch, which I'll have to do later. And I think that's the first time the game introduces the switch, that it, like, plays with the gravity mechanic a bit. Um, I think the first time you actually interact with one of the switches, it's in the air after you've slid down like a yeah roof. i didn't real. i thought it was part of the background yeah not the foreground i actually completed the game i still forgotten <laughs> died several times before i remembered so that's that's an example of a situation where the game kind of messed up but other than the spiders there are very few other characters in the game one of them is the the other children um who invariably all try to kill you try to kill you and run away from you yeah like they're setting bear traps throwing burning tires at me they have spears yeah and occasionally blow darts yeah yeah they're, they're they're pretty bad game doesn't jump into any of their motivations really other than they are inherently distrustful of outsiders of which you are one yeah it seems like you're going into a tree house mm-hmm. area so it seems like you're invading their space they have a mechanical spider at the beginning to kind of like scare people off it looks very similar, actually, to the first time you encounter the spider, yeah. but it's got these... You can see the joints and uh, the eye, eye beams and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's really not that dangerous. It's just there to make you very uncomfortable after your first encounters with the spider. And you've already um, mostly dealt with the spider, I believe, at this point. The spider dies, I think, after you encounter the kids for the first time because it actually kills one of the kids, at least, as it's like running behind you. It's got one of them kind of like impaled and throws it. It's it's a little. This isn't the kid I want. I want that kid. Yeah, it's a little gruesome. And ultimately, after you deal with all these kids' traps, they kind of uh, try to take a run at you. Several of them, and you had to. Uh, this is another example of a time the game is a definitely unfair. There is a, a smashing like uh, pressure plate basically above you. It's going to press down, uh, smash you. And the area to the left and to the right of it is slightly depressed. And the trick is hey, that... Hey, I feel you, buddy. Yeah. The trick is that uh, the pressure plate is the safe spot and the depressed areas aren't. Yeah. So the first time, it's like instinct. You see something above, you're like, that's probably going to smash down if you press this button. Don't mm-hmm. touch the button. Yeah. So you don't touch the button, you get smashed. Mm-hmm. You're like, well played. Yeah. So you go through. And there's another one. You're like, okay. Are you it's the same thing. It looks very Let similar. me just... Stay on the button again because the pressed areas are not safe. And that one s- smashes you. Yeah. So that one time they reversed it and decided to the left and the right are dangerous. Or safe, in that case, in the pressure plate section. Yes. Um, but right after that, these kids attack you. They're, like, you know, chasing you out with spears. And they'll kill you if you're, you know, in range. They'll kill you. So, yeah. So you have to run backwards. Several of them, like, miss a jump and, like, fall to their death. Other ones continue to chase you and die to the traps. And it's kind of, it's interesting that the game kind of goes there to a certain extent because there's definitely a taboo and you you could argue rightfully so in the industry about, you know, depicting children being harmed. Uh, One of the things when I was doing some research for this, um, the creator for the game, uh, some of his investors came forward and were like, hey, it's a a little bit serious. Like, we don't really want to see a kid get hurt. Could you slap a mustache on him? Literally ask that. Yeah, pretty much. I guess to denote has hit puberty is right. adolescent enough to be murdered. Mm-hmm. 
Just because they were. How just... would you even depict that as like a a black character, like a shadow image? Right. Yeah, I don't know, it was a white mustache or something. I don't know. It's it's ridiculous, right? It would have completely changed yeah. the tone of the game. But people were very uncomfortable with it. Um, he did stick to his guns, and the game got um, pretty much nine out of ten from almost everybody who reviewed it on launch in uh, twenty ten. Yeah, it is it is an uncomfortable game at times, even for me. I've played a lot of violent games, somewhat desensitized. Some of those deaths just make you a little bit uncomfortable. It's like um kind the Tomb Raider the rebooted Tomb Raider series is one example. Exactly. You feel uncomfortable if you see the person who just got impaled flail about a little bit and then die. Nobody I'd like to believe nobody really wants to see that, you know. Yeah. But if you have a character just evaporate into dust, you're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. they've been raptured." got me backstab mechanics are <laughs> messed up <laughs> uh, but anyways so those are the the other primary characters there's a couple other times you'll run across uh in some of the puzzles like a few other creatures there's a giant mosquito and that one actually isn't trying to hurt you it'll actually try to avoid you you have to sneak up on it and then like grab its leg and ultimately you know rip one of them off but it's not trying to hurt you so I think the guy just has a thing for ripping off legs. He does, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, the game doesn't really provide much for you in the way of um, story. You have the title, you have the kid, you have constantly moving forward. And then they they do play with your mobility um, in several parts of the game, right? Yep. One of the mechanics is putting some parasite on your head, Mm -hmm. and it will force you to go one direction. You can hold the other direction to slow your movement forward mm-hmm. but you will keep going until you die or if you hit a light source it says ah, fuck light and i'll turn you around hey light <laughs> screw the sun <laughs> so sometimes you need to go to a light source to be able to turn around to go back mm-hmm. so a lot of the puzzles that like use this parasite involve uh setting up the state of the puzzle beforehand so that uh this parasite doesn't just put you in a death situation like you prep a, a crate or something to jump over, things like that. And then there's these like grubs that will that will eat the parasite off of you. Yeah, you have to jump on some box typically and jump high enough, and they'll just eat it. And you're just like, well, I'm good now. No harm done. Blood seeping out of the top of your skull. <laughs> NBD. NBD. Everything's fine. I'll be honest, I really did not like that mechanic. Yeah. The game seemed clumsy enough as it is. Mm-hmm. To then also restrict your movement by, hey, you have to do this. I'm like, okay. Um, though, did you catch, having played Inside um, before this, it's almost definitely the inspiration for the mind control mechanic. Yeah. Where you get the helmet and then control something and some, some other guys. Yeah, I much preferred that. Mm-hmm. It seemed like an extra layer of puzzle solving, whereas this seemed like just like a, a hurdle yeah i understand it's still like a puzzle solving mechanic to add complexity right but it wasn't one that i really enjoyed that's fair yeah yeah there's uh several pieces they kind of combine here and um the second part of the game I, we don't need to go into as much detail on but essentially the game is broken out into the forest um some water puzzles uh, tra- kind of transitioning into a factory and then the final section is uh, a factory two uh, factories yeah yeah two factories and the water puzzles are like all right uh there's some kind of macabre uh 
puzzle solving there. I think I think the most um, kind of out there solution as far as making things uncomfortable is um, the first time you're introduced to like the, the brain parasite, the worm thing. It's on a kid who runs into a water, the water and drowns. Yeah. Already kind of bad. Jump on his body to clear the pond. You then have to fish one of the corpses out of the pond and use it to trigger a pressure plate to proceed. And that's basically... That's basically as far as the game goes, I think. Using other kids' corpses to solve puzzles and move forward. <laughs> Later on, I kept looking through the game saying, is there any kid corpses or boxes I can use here? To... Yeah. All right, first, searching for corpses, then boxes. <laughs> I found an alive kid. Oh, I can kill the kid and put him on the pressure. Got plate. him, Done. got him. The Done. game doesn't have that, thankfully. Yeah, it does have that kind of uh, common commonality between both games are these kind of seemingly insurmountable puzzles that have a solution that once you realize it you're like got it of yeah. course and i think uh play dead really excels at that because um, sometimes it's really easy to be like you need this item to proceed in the game yeah. and if you don't have this item then uh that's it, just obviously blocked a door a key a boomerang whatever a hook shot um Man, really targeting Halo there. Yeah, I know. An energy sword. <laughs> Common solution to a lot of problems. Um, but it's more difficult from a game design perspective to give the player all of the options or give them the same toolkit because literally the controls for this game are like move around, jump, and grab. That's it. Yeah. Um, and then present them with compelling puzzles on top of that. I think the most uh, interesting, because the game starts off with this whole open kind of, I think the pacing was better in the early, um, with some of the puzzles, uh, they had the, the spider, and also the creator had arachnophobia as a child, that's the reason the spiders are there. Just a little aside, um, I feel like the pacing was better towards the end, it's almost non-stop puzzles, and little else in the way of development. It's just, like, please let me get some progress. Yeah, there didn't seem to be quite as much, like you're saying, towards the end. Because you weren't really interacting with any other creatures or people. Yeah. You're just going through the factory, as we mentioned, and dealing with uh, shifts in perspective as things start rotating around. That was my favorite. It was it was cool. I liked it. I actually had forgotten about that, and I was playing through again. And it's essentially, you flip a switch and the entire world rotates. And you have to traverse uh, a puzzle while literally everything is spinning around you. It's got this kind of stuck in the machine type feel for yeah. it to it. It's not like a twirly whirly. It's a very mm-hmm. slow. slow turn. Yeah. A lot of times it'll indicate like, hey, there's a boulder here. And as you are going and things are rotating clockwise, at some point the boulder will dislodge mm-hmm. and come down to where you are. Yeah. So That's your progress correctly <laughs> yeah. and don't get hit by it. Basically. But the uh it, it it does just kind of accelerate in the puzzles. A lot of puzzles. Finally get to the end, and the final puzzle is uh gravity at this point is fluctuating between uh, north and south. So you're flying to the top of the Oh, uh, can we not can we use up and down? <laughs> north and south is not a Oh yeah. I mean, for a 2D game, anyway. Yes. Maybe we are only going north or south. <laughs> we, only go, we only go east and west. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, going up and down. And uh, basically, the trick is you have to fly into the air, 
hit a switch uh, when gravity switches to go to keep going down, and the switch changes gravity to go um, the direction it's pointing, basically. Yes. Yeah, to the right of the screen, and it'll fling you through a glass pane, um, and then the game goes into slow motion as you like tumble. Insanely slow motion. Very slow, because it's otherwise, you know, how would you know this was important? It would be weird. Uh, there's only one other part in the game where you have to like break through a glass plane, pane, and at least that was vertical. Um, but it really emphasizes this, and I think so. This is where we're getting into what we think the game means. My take on this from the first time I played it is that the entire game is limbo. And Did you derive that from the title? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with you there for sure. And that the uh, the fact that the game puts so much emphasis on you flying through the window at the end is indicative in my in my mind in my head canon uh, you were in an accident maybe you like didn't have your seatbelt on kid flies through the window and is dying like on the street basically mm-hmm. when all of this happens the other character and i'll, I'll ask what, you, what your opinion on it is it too uh but the other character i, I neglected to mention is there's a girl who's um like interacting with something on the ground or, or like mourning it appears to me um, and you meet encounter her two times in the game. The first time you almost reach her, and then uh, she gets body doubled, basically. Yeah, gets kind of like blocked, and uh, you encounter her at the end of the game after flying through the window. Conveniently, at the end of the game, where you have gone through the glass and find her again, mm-hmm. it is also the start of the game. Yeah, kind of emphasizing this perpetual loop that your character is in. Yeah, and. I think, I mean, pretty clear limbo, right? You're stuck in transition. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you what, what your thoughts are kind of about what the game might have been about. If you Thank you for queuing up two questions for me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to go get some coffee. I'll let you answer right. now and come back. Sip noises. <laughs> <laughs> I usually have a drink now, so that would have been appropriate, but I don't. Yeah, this is the first time I, I don't think we've drank during the podcast. Right. We're usually pretty wasted by the end. Yeah, you do drink a lot of alcohol, <laughs> party juice. Yeah. <laughs> Inside joke, I don't drink. <laughs> and I do. Yes. He said with a heavy heart. <laughs> and a barely functioning lover. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, it provides master pressure plates, though. Yeah. It's useful. <laughs> but I was going to say, what I think adds or lends credence to your theory is as you're going through the factory, as we've dubbed it, there's a lot of gears and rotating of the environment. Mm-hmm. So if you think of the kid being launched out of the glass oh. as being thrown out of the car the car kind of turns spun off the road and is essentially doing like a death roll he's like flying before through the he air. gets thrown out yeah or the car itself is spinning yeah interesting i actually hadn't considered that neither had i but thankfully a wikipedia article was... <laughs> what are you talking about dave we're leading the research team on what the meaning of this game is check out this brand new game here are my thoughts and opinions <laughs> there was uh, the other thing which i actually didn't notice until the beginning is um at the beginning of the game there's the sound of this wind in the background yeah i always take i'd always taken it as wind but i like paid attention to it this time having 
being a time I'm replaying the game. And I think it might actually just be the sound of cars passing on the road distantly. Because there's this kind of vague um, uh, distance filter to all the sound you're experiencing at the start of the game. And it sounds really similar to just being on the side of the road and hearing cars pass. Interesting. Yeah. Because it would cause wind, right? But it's periodic. It's not like a constant blowing of the wind. It's things just going by. I must have to go back and check that out. Cause it's something I definitely would have overlooked yeah. as this is my first playthrough. Right, yeah. Um, but I believe that's that's my take on it. The game does have a bunch of like hidden things, secrets, achievements, things like that. I'm not too interested in that. I'm usually playing a game for the story um, or content, you know, <laughs> as the case may be. Um, but it is there if uh, such a thing such a thing interests you and you want to go through and play it so you mentioned before my thoughts on the girl yeah I will say she is the only girl that you see in the game mm-hmm. and she's also the beginning and the end so I think the theory is that your sister who's in the car yeah I think so and there's some speculation as to if that they had both died at the same time Right. Or if he got stuck in limbo or went after her or something. And another thing to note is all of the other human characters you encounter in the game are full black silhouettes. Right. Whereas your character is a full black silhouette who has white eyes. Right. Which is very important in several parts. Yeah. So when you first wake up in the game, you're laying on the ground, you see the eyes and then he gets up, and then you can gain control of the character, move around. Mm-hmm. And then when he's thrown out of the... Or breaks through the glass at the end, and he's on the ground again, very similar thing happens, where initially, all dark, you don't see his eyes, and then he opens his eyes. Right. And continues on. Yeah, it is really interesting. I, I hadn't really thought about the possibility she had died before. She's already in Limbo. I thought that like when I you encounter her the first time and you get pulled away, I thought that's because she was alive and you couldn't reach her. Um, like you're trying to cross planes? Yeah, like you're trying to like connect with somebody that you know and you care about, but that's impossible. You're not there. This um, is where a psychic would come in handy. Right. At the end of the game, though, when you approach her the second time, she is you know stuck in her kind of like animation loop of examining something on the ground. Um, but at the very last moment before it like cuts to the credits, uh, she raises her head in attentiveness. She hears you approach, which means she probably is dead at least by the end of the game. Um, and it's just, it's really interesting how you can take just these little things and then build the, uh, connecting pieces of the story from it. There's other games yeah, like I'm this. With Fox News. Right. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Dave, our only listener, is hyper-conservative. <laughs> I realize I use sarcasm as a defense mechanism way too much. <laughs> but uh, other games have kind of like done this, um, and I think maybe to a better extent. I mean, Inside does the same thing. They give you a bunch of pieces, and they're like, hey, what do you think this means? Um, That's but, something I haven't looked up after the fact. Hmm. Because when I played Inside... It was much more of a case of I have no idea what the fuck's going on. Yeah. <laughs> it does a really good job of setting the environment. It seems not post apocalyptic, but dystopic, something is terribly wrong. Right, Definitely yeah. a dystopia. Yeah. 
I'm not sure even what the good part of the topia would be. It's just all, <laughs> all bad. It's like tapioca, all bad. <laughs> Actually, one of our listeners does like tapioca. Oh, jeez, ultra conservative tapioca eater. <laughs> we despise you. We should oh. cancel this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's other games like that. There's Braid, kind of leaves leaves things open, but gives you a lot of pieces about what is going on and what it means but i feel like that game constructs it, it better actually has a overarching plot yes. and reasons why yeah it's all gives it to you piecemeal but it actually does give you something mm-hmm. whereas inside and limbo you have nothing but theories and what's going on the visuals or the audio cues as you mentioned to kind of strip almost all of that back and just let you have a raw emotional reaction to what's going on whether that be frustration because the puzzle is imprecise and you're really struggling to hit the timings or your connection to what few characters the games give you i feel that i probably would have had a better experience had i initially played it when it came out and then gone to inside and be like oh i see what they've changed and improved for this but going back it was definitely a struggle because i felt like i was pushing through it to a degree yeah well we were also on a time frame we wanted to clear this game and talk about it yeah Uh, but uh i don't know i think i think our impressions are still probably pretty accurate to what they would have been had we well second playthrough for me but had you played it probably in 2010 unless you just hadn't played anything for a long time and you're just like i just want to play absolutely anything (laughs) like i'm just starved for video game Um, i feel like you probably would have had some of the same gripes yeah i assume you didn't have as many gripes as me i didn't um i will say that having played through the game again uh the pacing got to me more this time um and maybe you got like a a little preview on the pacing because you were kind of you know trying to finish this game for the podcast uh the the pacing's not great there's like just clusters and clusters of puzzles to the end with like very little breathing room between them and toward the beginning there's a lot more walking like internalizing what the world's like uh, like it's important when you play a game like this where there could be emotional highs and lows like when you're dealing with a spider or using a kid's corpse to solve a puzzle you give them some time after that to like even if they're not consciously going back and digesting what they just did yeah they're unconsciously doing that you just have some time to let it set exactly like a nice flan it's like if you're playing a game like amnesia which you know some of us have played in the past uh, you need highs and lows. If it was just running from things all the time, you'd just be like, well, this is a running from things game. And you wouldn't like be scared of that anymore because you're always running from things. Yeah. Are you, do you remember the movie 2012? Yeah. I uh, didn't see it, but I remember it. I didn't either, but there are some jokes about it and online criticism. But essentially, it's just a disaster movie where it is a constant chase scene for lava and other destruction happening and they keep the runaway in a car or on foot and then in a plane in a boat yeah it's all these things it's just non-stop action mm-hmm. now maybe that is a a thing that some people enjoy right but even with like uh, transporter movies there's still something else to go with it that breaks it up right pacing is important it cohesive if you're always at a flat out sprint how are people going to have any chance to see anything, right? Or how are people going to breathe? Hashtag asthma. Yeah, that's rough. But I think... For you. <laughs> I don't have asthma. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Something like John Wick. Obviously an action movie. Mm-hmm. But 
there's a lot of other pieces to it, which makes it a cohesive story. Right. And it would have been nice to see something similar like that. I, just, I want John Wick instead of Limbo, basically. Yeah. And I think Inside actually hits on some of the vagaries of the game in a better way. So instead of saying, instead of giving you almost nothing, it gives you some things and it gives you questions. But yeah, I think that, uh, I think that overall Limbo was a great step in development. Um, I'm glad it was really successful for the developers and they went on to make enough money. They bought their, uh, company back from investors. So, um, they had creative control going forward with games like Inside, and it's good to see success stories like that. There's not a whole lot of puzzle games out there that get a lot of traction, especially in like the indie scene. Um, so I don't usually play that many puzzle games. I usually don't play that many platformers. The fact that I'll play games that's both of those is a testament to how engaging they can be. I would definitely say it's a good game, but I would also say that it's not my game. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, initially I was going in with lower expectations compared to Inside, but... Zero out of ten. <laughs> Dave hates us. <laughs> no, just I, mean, I got it for $2. That was definitely worth... Mm-hmm. I would even say it's... Maybe worth, worth three? Ten. Okay. Oh, wow. I'd say ten. definitely ten. Yeah. <laughs> so at, at full price, I think now it's still only ten on Steam. I'd agree. I think it's worth ten. But I definitely wouldn't bend over backwards to play it. Yep. Ten dollars, not a penny more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is that's ten dollars. All right, well, that's all of the time we've got today, folks. Thank you for attending one more class of the soapstone. Is it the soapstone? No, it's just soapstone. I like how we consider some classes. Yeah, but thank you for listening. We're here to teach, and as always, this is Dave, and this is Jake. Have a good one. Bum 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 Ba 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 